I'm Andy Rossum, Lettings Marketing Manager, and today I'm with Andrew Colwell, Lettings Technical Director at Countrywide. In the early part of this new year, we're here to give you an overview of the main regulatory stories impacting the UK and what may happen next. We hope to provide essential insight for landlords like you to keep you abreast of important developments. Good morning, Andrew. Morning, Andy. Um, so the big story, of course, remains the Renters' Reform Bill. But uh, before we dive, dive into that uh, and then see what's also, also happening in Wales and Scotland, uh, what other news should landlords be aware of? Um, well, Andy, first of all, it's good to be back providing an update because there's um, rarely um, a period of, of inactivity when it comes to lettings um, regulation. Um, <clears throat> I suppose turning to kind of, you know, a key piece of, you know, relatively recent news, um, National Trading Standards um, have published guidance um, to help ensure that um, letting agents provide um, material information in property listings. And um, that was definitely worth a mention. Now, um, National Trading's advice um, is designed to ensure um, that uh, we stay on the right side of the consumer protection regulations. Really important piece of legislation, that one. Um, <clears throat> so trading standards um, um, back in May 22 uh, released um, their part A guidance um, and recently um, in November of last year published parts B and C. Now, as many uh, listeners to this podcast will, will, will already know, um, part A covers, you know, basic but, you know, super important information around rental levels, deposits, council tax tax rates and the like, um, which should now be included in all property listings. So we're talking primarily about the portals, right move and Zoopla. Now, they advise that um, new information required under parts B and C should be easy for prospective tenants to find. Um, now, that's described as being no more than a click away um, on a property listing. Um, and I think this kind of acknowledges um, both that space available on property uh, listings is limited um, and that whilst parts B and C information um, um, is important, it doesn't necessarily require quite the same prominence um, as part A. Now, I can hear you saying, well, OK, um, but what is in parts B and C? What are the requirements? Well, they cover um, things like uh, building safety, what kind of heating is at the property, um, mobile signal coverage, uh, broadband type. And by that, we're talking about whether it's fibre and copper and also an indication of, of, of likely speeds that are available and also the availability or not, as the case may be, of parking, um, as well as any restrictions relating to the property. Now, those could be things like you know, not being able to park commercial vehicles or caravans at the property. Um, and other inclusions are rights of way across the property. Now, that's really going to be, you know, larger properties where you're talking about public footpaths and the like. So unlikely to touch many people. Um, um, similarly, also the risk of uh, coastal erosion. That's another thing that would that would need to be flagged. Now, um, you know, our listeners can find, you know, full details of, you know, all of those requirements on the National Trading Standards website. And I think, um, Andy, a really important um, kind of, um, you know, consideration, you know, for, for any landlord um, at the moment is ensuring that uh, prospective tenants are made aware of any planned works at a property. Um, and by that, we're saying the kind of the kind of, you know, changes and, and, and works that, that might you know, reasonably affect a tenant's decision around either viewing the property or ultimately renting it. Now, you know, 
our primary consideration here um, is those developments of flats where extensive remediation works are required to resolve, you know, building safety issues post Grenfell. You, you can imagine a situation where a tenant moves into a, into a property that they viewed that, you know, presents, you know, quite normally, only to discover that weeks or months later, the building is, you know, covered in scaffolding for, you know, for, for, the, for the next six months. Um, so important to make sure that that one is covered off, you know, you know, very early in, 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 the, in the process. Uh, thanks, Andrew. So, yeah, great example there that while all eyes on the renters reform bill, there's obviously a lot more going on in the lettings world than just that at the moment. So thanks Absolutely. for that update. Uh, but of course, in England, the big story does continue to be the renters reform bill. This has now progressed through several stages of the parliamentary process, but still has further to go. Um, what's the latest news on its journey? Well, Andy, the, the committee stage finished um, um, on November the 28th and um, now heads back into the House of Commons. Um, this kind of next stage is, is usually fairly swift and typically will be completed over only, only a few days. Um, and it includes the, or can include the insertion of new clauses and the tabling of um, amendments to the bill. Now, with the um, Commons, um, you know, on Christmas re um, recess up until January the 8th, there's, you know, there was no further news at, at the time of this recording, but I think we should probably expect that fairly early in the new year. OK, thanks, Andrew. Now, I've got a relatively short question, which I think will probably generate quite a long answer. So um, my question is, what are some of the current key takeaways from the committee stage? Well, you're, you're quite right. There's, there's never such a thing as a short answer when it comes to the renters reform bill. Um, but, but, but I guess, first of all, you know, to, to, to briefly recap, um, um, the renters reform bill aims to address, you know, what are seen as, as fundamental issues in the private rented sector, fairly left, um, lofty ambition there. Um, so for tenants, um, it aims to provide, you know, greater security um, around renting a home and to remove what is known as no fault evictions. And while for landlords, um, it seeks to strengthen the, you know, the legitimate grounds for possession um, and also introducing new ones, allowing them to um, obtain possession, for example, when they wish to sell the property or you know, perhaps to, to move either themselves or a family member back into the property. Now, government has signalled that removal of Section 21, which enables those no-fault evictions, will be introduced, um, or sorry, will not be introduced um, until there have been improvements to the court system. Now, this is really important um, because, you know, it aims to, you know, um, remove the risk of any delay to possession, you know, ar you know ar ar around, you know, any lack of, of, of capability within the court system. Now, um, you know, in line with that aspiration, um, a tranche of money has been made available um, to help digitise the, uh, the court process um, and the application process. Um, now, rather unhelpfully, um, no indication, certainly at this stage, of what tests government um, will need to see met um, before they're satisfied that a ban on Section 21s can be introduced, which, you know, as you can imagine, you know, it makes it difficult to predict, you know, when that ban ultimately will apply. So I suppose, you know, now turning to the recent committee review stage, um, various industry voices um, were given the opportunity to raise concerns, to suggest improvements and to call for clarification um, um, where it was felt necessary. Now, looking at a number of, of key discussion points, um, 
let's begin uh, firstly with concerns raised by Property Mark. Um, now, Property Mark, as the UK's leading professional body for estate agents, um, they they strongly advocate the retention of fixed term tenancies, so not abolishing the Section 21 notices that, that we referenced earlier. Um, now, in simple terms, they believe um, that, that retaining fixed term tenancies offers mutual benefits for both tenants and landlords alike. Now, the bill's current push towards ending a fixed term contracts and transitioning to periodic tenancies with landlords only able to seek possession for breach of contract um, when, you know, as we've already said, they wish to sell or move back into the property. Um, you know, that isn't viewed as being beneficial for landlords and tenants mutually. Now, Property Mark's assertion is that those fixed term contracts provide tenants with security of tenure and landlords with a guarantee, so far as you can ever guarantee, that rental payments will be made for a fixed period of time. Now, this is particularly beneficial for tenants with low income or poor credit history, um, as it allows them to obtain a guarantor um, who can confidently commit to supporting them for you know, a specified period of time. The property mark provided a really useful kind of example of how this could be beneficial for tenants. Um, so the example they cited was um, a nurse or say another key worker who's looking to um, rent a property near their workplace for, say, you know, a couple of years. Now, post ban on Section 21s, they could face leaving that property before the end of their desired two years if, say, the landlord decided to either sell or to move back into the property. However, um, you know, under the current regulatory framework, if a landlord and tenant, you know, agree a two year fixed term contracts with no breaks, then that tenant has that security of tenure, you know, for that for their design period. Now, you know, as we've as we've mentioned in you know, previous podcasts, you know, it, 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 it's a widely held understanding that certain elements of the bill need, you know, far more detail provided. Um, and an, an example of that is the decent home standards, um, which is due to be implemented as part of the bill. But currently, um, Jacob Young, MP, Parliamentary Under Secretary of State, um, and that's at uh, the Department of Leveling Up um, Housing and Communities. Now, Jacob recently confirmed that he and his department are, are working on proposed standards, but no details um, as yet. And that will be set out in due course. So again, we have a lack of clarity on you know what that means in 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 reality. Um, further clarity is also needed in the bill regarding the handling of antisocial behaviour, uh, particularly in um, multi-household or HMO properties. Um, and there's a call for courts to consider the actions um, tenants should take to resolve issues with co-tenants and to establish clear principle for these situations. And now, you know, the aim here is to ensure the fair treatment of all household members, especially those who may not be at fault. And as we've said, that's likely to, to touch more on hazards of multiple occupation, but not exclusively. Um, now, another significant aspect of the bill um, is its stance on discrimination, and we've talked about this previously, um, and that specifically concerns pets and, um, and benefit claimants. Um, landlords will no longer be able to impose blanket bans and will need valid reasons for uh, refusing certain types of tenants. Now, you know, in looking to remove potential hurdles to landlord acceptance, a uh, government is looking to abolish insurance and lender clauses that prevent tenants from keeping pets. Um, 
under the bill, a tenant can keep a pet with the landlord's consent um, unless that landlord has a reasonable objection. Um, and landlords are required to provide a written consent or refusal within 42 days of receiving a tenant's request. So, you know, the aspiration there is quite clear to make sure that landlords can't frustrate the process and that tenants, you know, understand the situation, you know, fairly quickly. Um, Interestingly, as a condition of giving consent for a pet, landlords should be able to require tenants to have insurance covering the risk of pet damage or for them to pay the landlord's reasonable costs of maintaining um, that insurance themselves. Now, at committee stage, um, Property Mark called for um, an amendment allowing landlords to be able to request a security deposit above the current uh, cap, which is equivalent to five weeks rent. Um, other points um, you know, discussed during the committee stage, including uh, tenants' responsibility for council tax until the end of the tenancy, as opposed to when they vacate, uh, potential extension of the notice period for Section 13 rental increases, penalties for landlords and agents who misrepresent the facts, and the possible increase of rent repayment orders from a maximum of 12 to 24 months. Uh, so Andy, as we said, far from a short answer, but hopefully there's some useful information <laughs> for the listeners. There. Yes, absolutely. No, thanks very much, Andrew. I think you probably uh, deserve a glass of water after rattling <laughs> yeah, through that uh, detail. But there we go. Absolutely. Yeah, but thanks ever so much for that detail of the insight. Highlights really how much is involved in the Renters' Reform Bill. And that there are really plenty of strands still to be finalised into working legislation yet. So long, long way to go on that story yet. Yeah. Um, so moving away from from there, looking around the the home nations, uh, the key news in Scotland came earlier on this year on the first of April, uh, and this was reinforced again on the first of June. This was a change to the rent freeze in Scotland. Uh, what were these particular events, and is there an impact into twenty twenty four? Yeah, that's a good point. So, um, as you say, back in 2022, um, the Scottish government decided to put a temporary hold on rent increases to help tenants cope uh, with the cost of living crisis. Um, and now, in practice, this prevented landlords from increasing rents until the end of March uh, 2023. Um, and then from the 1st of April 2023, um, a change was introduced um, by lifting that previously referenced um, 0% rent cap, um, but with rules attached. Now, those rules um, really meant that landlords, um, you know, um, are now able to increase rents, but up to a maximum of 3%, and only if they haven't increased the rent um, in the past in the past 12 months. Um, also, landlords are required to give tenants three months notice of any increase. Now, an, an interesting point, this one. So conscious that, you know, landlords are not immune to the effects of rising costs either, um, including, of course, an obvious one here, the, you know, the increase of mortgage costs. Um, provision was made for landlords to apply for a rental increase of up to 6%, um, but only under exceptional circumstances. Now, you know, the rent freeze was supposed to come to an end in September 2023, um, but on the 1st of June, um, it was extended for another six months until March of this year uh, 2024 um you know as to what happens you know after that date you know that's unknown but the general feeling is that you know whilst this might be the last extension some other form of rent increase limiting legislation you know might be enacted um looking at wales now so wales hasn't yet introduced any rent control measures certainly in a similar way but um are certain proposals being actively considered 
Yeah, indeed they are, Andy. So um, Welsh Government has been exploring rent control measures. Um, they released a, a consultation paper called um, A Call for Evidence on Securing a Path Towards Adequate Housing, um, which considered um, you know, a few different options, um, and they are quite different in, in reality. So you know, these include options such as uh, rent ceiling or freezing, um, limiting annual rent increases to a certain percentage or only allowing uh, rent increases when a new tenant moves in. Um, you know, another suggestion um, was, uh, well, involved restricting rent increases based on a formula that limits the yield. So that's a profit that the landlord makes on, on renting out a property. And that was on a costs plus model. Um, now, you know, quite how that would work in practice, you know, is anyone's guess. But, you know, it strikes me that such an approach would be really difficult to employ, you know, you know benchmarking, uh, a rental increase on you know how much profit a landlord is making is you know strikes me as being you know fraught with issues but you know it has been mentioned so it's worthy of reference you know in in in, in this conversation um so that consultation concluded um on september the 15th last year um with feedback um you know now under review now, you know, we understand, you know, at the time of this recording, um, that process, you know, may now have been completed and that news of a report, you know, could 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 now be imminent. Now, as to what might be implemented off the back of that report in the time remaining before an election, well, you know, time, time will tell. Um, also, the National Residential Landlords Association, so NRLA, you see them referenced, you know, quite quite frequently in the press, um, is pushing for measures that would boost the supply of rental properties, you know, instead of rent control measures. Now, it's still unknown in which direction the Welsh, uh, you know, government will, will ultimately go. But I think, you know, generally speaking, in, in the same way as we reference with, with Scotland at the moment, there are concerns around the unintended consequences of, 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 of rent controls. So, yeah, interesting point, that one. So another story for us to keep our eyes on. And again, of course, we'll update uh, on these podcasts as we go through the year in 2024. Uh, so thanks, Andrew, for that for that detailed insight. Uh, and thanks, everybody out there for listening to this episode of Let's Talk Lettings. If you enjoyed this episode, please do subscribe for future episodes to your usual podcast service. And remember to share on social media. We'd really appreciate it. Thank you.